Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps you to seek the kind of faith that makes Jesus marvel. If this is your first time to this podcast, I recommend you going back to my first episode, um, and it's entitled Why Centurion Faith, and it'll give you a little perspective on why I use the title for this podcast, Centurion Faith, and you can look in... um, Matthew 8, 8, or Luke 7, 7, and read the story about the centurion who had the kind of faith that made Jesus marvel, the Bible says. And it's the only place in the New Testament where you see somebody having faith that that made Jesus marvel, where that term marvel is used. I think that's pretty um, extraordinary and something that's worth digging down into and a good kind of pivot point to walking in faith. And Hebrews eleven six, of course, most of us know is the verse that says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For anyone who comes to God must not only believe that he exists, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so we have to seek the Lord, and that's where we find faith in, in seeking. And there's an action on our part. Um, also, Romans, I believe it's fourteen twenty three, says that anything that's not of faith is sin. We often wonder what sin is. The Bible is clear about it. Anything not of faith is sin. That's amazing. So we want to know how to get faith or how to <clears throat> work and, and walk in faith, which I believe is the same as walking in the Spirit, because we have a Spirit um, that's sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's full of faith. So if we walk in the Spirit, we walk in faith. I hope that makes sense, but I wanted to get to my message today, excuse me, a little frog in my throat, called The Great Need Meter Extraordinaire. The Great Need Meter Extraordinaire. This is my little nickname for Jesus, my friend Jesus. John 15, 15 says, don't forget that I call you friends. And he is a friend of mine. He's been a dear friend and um, to me for, for all my life. But in particular, the last 20 years since I've been walking with him and in, in, this, in the spirit. And uh, that's a nickname that I have for him. If you look at Jesus's life in the, in the Bible, you go back 2,000 years in the Gospels, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are really kind of summed up in the book of Acts. I think Acts 10, 38 is a great summary of the four Gospels. Like, what, what are they all about? And this is a wide, you know, Google Earth view of uh, or summary of of um, of the four Gospels. Certainly not all encompassing, but just a broad view. And it and it states that this Jesus of Nazareth, who the whole Bible is about, right? This Jesus of Nazareth, he went around. He um, this. Um, let me start over again. It says this Jesus of Nazareth, who was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, he went around doing good in healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil because God was with him. I think it's not only a picture of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago during his three-and-a-half-year ministry, but also what he's doing today through his Spirit, through the Holy Spirit inside of us believers. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's the same. So we can get a nice 
panoramic picture of Jesus by reading the Gospels and seeing what he did, how he lived his life, how he walked in faith under the leadership and direction of the Holy Spirit, and then really just try to model that by walking in the Spirit. He has sealed our spirit in his spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says, the moment that you put your faith in Christ, that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And also 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. So we have the spiritual union with Christ. And then we also have, of course, our flesh. We're spirit, soul, and body, three parts. And our flesh is our, our soul and our body. That's the part that's obviously uh, God is working on through his spirit. And our soul and our body, when we lay down these, uh, s- these bodies that, that have been ravaged by sin and death, we get a new body. When we die, we get a new resurrected body and our soul is made over. My brother-in-law, Sean, who just passed away about 10 days ago, is enjoying that glorious body now and able to see the Lord in his fullness and see who he is in Christ and his union with him more clearly. And it's a beautiful thing and something we're celebrating for Sean, almost with a jealousy. (laughs) Um, But I call Jesus the great need meter extraordinaire. And I I just wanted to look at when did people back in the Bible 2,000 years ago, when did they come to Jesus Well, they came to Jesus when they had a need. And as I said, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And today, he he does the same thing and people do the same thing. People really on their own don't want to come to Jesus until they come to the end of themselves for the most part. Um, There are some people that have, you know, met Jesus early on in life and walked with him. And I think that's a beautiful and wonderful thing. But most people, by and large, are coming to Jesus, even as a believer, when we have a need. And even once we put our faith in Christ and we're united with him in spirit, and he puts his faith in us, in other words, puts his spirit in us, um, even after that, we always come to him for needs, that we have great needs. We're praying all the time for issues with our health, our finances, our family members who we love, people in our circle who we're praying for. So there's always so many needs to be met. And Jesus is still today the same as he was back then. And really, we can model what he did 2,000 years ago today through our spiritual union with him. He meets people's needs today, this day, through our spiritual union with him. This is a hard concept to grasp, and it is a bit of a mystery and always will be. We'll never really understand this in full uh, until we're before the Lord and we're fully known. But I think we're going to realize on that day that we had so much more in us than we ever realized. I think that's an understatement, but it's a beautiful understatement. And um, I just love the Lord Jesus. He's been so good to me lately. Um, You know, the Lord Lord is patient. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on people. He doesn't force his his, um, commands. He doesn't force force himself on people. He lets people choose. He's patient, the Bible says, and he's long-suffering, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he's, he, he waits patiently for us. He's long-suffering, wanting people to come to repentance. And a repentance is just a turning of the heart, the heart towards God. And so as he waits for us, a lot of times we, we see, um, that, uh, we, we touch God, we get to, to meet up with God when we have a need. Like I said, before we were believers, we had a need and came to him. And even after we believe in him, we still come to him with needs. 
mainly as we get along in life, as we see that he is, he, he has already met all of our needs um, by giving us himself, by, by giving us the gift of his presence through his Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus is the greatest gift ever given to man. And once we realize that we already really have everything we need in Christ, then, then what we can focus on as believers is helping other people to, to meet Jesus, to know Jesus, and to have their needs met, and of course, to, to also experience eternal life starting today. Maybe there's somebody today that you'll run into who has a need, and when they see that need met by Jesus through you, they, they uh, see that he's real, and he's alive, and he's risen. They see him in the Spirit, and today could be the first day for somebody uh, for eternal life, the first day of eternal life for somebody you meet today who doesn't know the Lord. I have a little tag in my Bible. I'm going to wrap up with this. Um, oh, let me go back. I did want to say that his patience and long-suffering is just amazing, but Jesus was a servant. He, he, he wanted us to have a servant's heart. He said, the, the greatest among you, he said, will be the servant, not the one sitting down at the table, but the one serving. And I think he, sa- he said that in Luke twenty two twenty seven. He said, and I stand among you as one who serves. The last act he did before he went to the cross for the disciples, one of the last acts, uh, actual physical acts for them, it was the last physical act, was washing their feet. In John 13, he put on the servant's cloth and sash and took the most menial task there was in that day, the foot washer, and he washed the dirty, grubby, grimy feet of the disciples who were uh, whose feet were, were just stained by the sin of this world and the dirt and the filth of this world. And he washed all that filth off of their feet. It was a beautiful picture of a servant. And he still stands among us today as one who serves. The Holy Spirit lives in us, believers, for our edification and for our leadership and guidance. He's like a GPS, a God positioning system that leads us and guides us. And um, he leads us and guides us to serve today, just the same way that he served. And I think the best way to experience God, to really experience his reality, not only for ourselves, but in sharing him with others, is just to simply pray with them to have the need met. I have in my um, <clears throat> little mini pocket Bible I carry with me a saying, and it says, um, it says, everyone has a need. So everyone today, think of that. Everyone you meet today has a need. Everybody has a need, right? Everyone has a need. Find out from them what that need is, and then ask them if you can pray with them for the Lord to meet that need. Believe that he will, and then watch him manifest. His love for them is what draws people. I really think it's that simple walking with the Lord. I think it's it's so simple that we miss it sometimes. He wants us today to, to look out for the needs of others. Summary, Jesus, there's a one-line summary of the entire Bible in Matthew 7, 12. And uh, actually, it, it says, 7, 11, actually, in Matthew says, if you love to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your Father in heaven want to give good gifts to those that, that love him, right? Um, so how much more does he want to give good gifts to his children, it says. And then in 7.12, it says that, that we are to, to treat others the way that we want to be treated. Treat others the way we want to be treated. And it says this sums up the law and the prophets. The whole Bible is summed up in treating others, the golden rule that's called, uh, treating others the way we want to be treated. 
And um, I think today as we walk, um, let's say a prayer that we could walk simply and humbly with the Lord and that um, we could look out for the needs of others. Look for somebody today, anybody you talk to, people are really open and honest, I think especially with believers. Um, I think the Holy Spirit brings out honesty in people. He brings out truth and people will um, come to you when you have God living in you and you believe that and they will open up to you and tell you what their greatest needs are. And I think Jesus, he always longs to meet those needs. So again, everyone has a need. Today, when you have your first encounter with somebody, find out from them what that need is just by listening. People will tell you, they'll open up to you. And then just ask them, can I pray with you for the Lord to to meet that need? And then just believe he will and watch him manifest. And it's his love for that person that will that will draw them to him. It may not, you may not see an instant manif- manifestation, but often when I pray for, with people, for people, um, I don't see the results of it for maybe a week or two, or I'll run into them later and they'll say, man, I didn't tell you, but after you prayed for me, this or that happened, I meant to tell you. So we just have to believe that that the Lord is already moving. The manifestation could be immediate. I've seen that happen. I've seen immediate healings, deliverances from pain, deliverances from anxiety, especially lately, immediately. He's delivered me from anxiety a lot lately. And so a lot of times it is immediate and sometimes it it takes a little bit of time to manifest. If you think of the story of the 10 lepers that Jesus healed, he told them to go go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. So as they went, sometimes as we go, we're healed. So I just wanna close with that and ask you to just be aware today of the needs of other people around you. Put other people first. That sums up the greatest commandment. Love God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This sums up the law and the prophets. Only two commands Jesus gave us, to love God and to love others. And we can do that by serving others. It's just really that simple. I hope we catch it. I hope the Holy Spirit has has put a uh, indelible mark on your heart today to work today with the great need meter extraordinaire through your spiritual union with him, that you may be a blessing to whoever you encounter today. Brothers and sisters, I want you to have a blessed day and know that the Lord is always with you.